Welcome to Go Rangers Radio, where the New York Rangers are always the talk of the town. If you bleed red, white, and Rangers blue, hail the king, follow the bread man, and know how to spell Capo Caco, then you've tuned to the right place. And now, here are your handsome hosts, Kevin Delury and Paul Cuthbert. They're not always going to get it right, but you can be damn sure they'll pretend they are. Now, let's go Rangers Radio. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Go Rangers Radio, Wednesday night, October 9th, Season 1, Episode 2, live from New York, part of the Go Hockey Media Network, Paul Cuppert here, and ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, let's get this show going, Mr. Kevin DeLury, KD, how you doing, buddy? I don't know, man, um, I'm, I'm going through some withdrawal. Ranger right now. I need uh, a game. <laughs> we all do, buddy. No doubt about it. What is going on with this schedule, man? It's uh, Ranger fans are going bat crazy. I'm not going to say the S word because we're still kind of keeping this show a little bit uh, family friendly. But uh, yeah, kind of crazy. We have, we have an afternoon game coming up here on Saturday and we got to wait another four days before we go back to back with the devs and the Caps. So what's going on, pal? Nothing. Like I said, man, I'm going through withdrawals. I got the shakes. I'm snapping <laughs> at my kids. I'm waking up in cold sweats in the middle of the night. I got like nothing to do at night. I'm I'm literally watching This Is Us with my wife last night. Oh, I mean, this is man. where I am. This is where I am when there's no Rangers on. Welcome but, up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I was going to say, other than that, you know, it, it is good to get the season finally starting. It has started. I mean, it seems like it started, you know, a month ago. But uh, it has started, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of excitement around the, uh, you know, the 2-0 and start, which is great. And obviously, we'll get into that a whole bunch. So uh, let's get – I'm ready to get rocking and rolling with this, uh, with this episode of the podcast. Absolutely. And, again, thanks to everybody who's been uh, tuning in live and everybody downloading and uh, streaming us and everything. And the support's been fantastic. Thank you so much. Like I said, KD, we are, uh, we are 2-0. and The squad's 2-0. and Ten goals in two games. Not too bad. The top line's looking pretty sharp. Uh, Mika having a couple of games there with eight points. All good stuff. Panarin's put two in. Truva's put one in. We got uh, we got all good positive stuff from some of the new guys have joined the team here. So uh, it's exciting. What what do you think, Axel? Let's go to the home opener, buddy. Uh, besides the Blake Wheeler show and uh, <laughs> thirty second leads, uh, it was a pretty damn good night at the Garden. Yeah, it was. I mean, the game started out a little tough with with my guy Strom, who you know. I was defending in the last podcast and he, you know, he really sort of let me down taking those two early, those two early penalties. And I think that really sort of threw the Rangers off a little bit, you know, killed any type of momentum they may have had like opening night crowd going crazy. And then it was sort of two, two power, two uh, penalty kills in a row. Um, You know, couldn't get your, your top line guys out there doing their thing. And uh, you know, I, I think you sort of affect the team a little bit. Um, and, uh, you know, got them off their game because the first period was, was, was pretty sloppy. Um, but you know, and again, you know, I, I defended Strom and he takes those early penalties and then who gets the first goal of the season, Mr. Mark Stahl, who I destroyed in the last podcast <laughs> episode as well. So, you know, last time we were talking about how I was hitting on everything with the captaincy and my keg being on the roster, uh, last show, I was awful. <laughs> All my predictions were terrible. Um, but, uh, you know, from there, obviously the game got much better, you know, they sort of, uh, you know, whatever adjustments Quinn made or, you know, everybody sort of settled down, uh, during the first, uh, intermission and, and sort of everybody went to work. You saw Panarin living up to the hype, like you mentioned, you know, Sabinajad is, is showing that he is a, a, uh, a number one center, a legitimate number one center in this league. Um, and, uh, Truva, you know, again, his first game. You know, he was just he's been amazing sort of in all facets. And I'm sure we'll get into a little bit more of his game. I mean, he had that goal that just hard shot off the crossbar and in um, his first pass out of the zone on the Zabinijad, um goal was 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 amazing. 
Um, he's tough defensively on the PK. So, uh, you know, it was a, a great first game. He got the, the goal, late goal by Howden. Um, you know, I know he's been sort of under attack by a lot of fans who don't necessarily think he should be on the third line. Maybe he should be on the fourth line behind Anderson. So, you know, all in all, it was a great night. Super exciting. You know, I don't know if sort of after that first that first game, you know, the, the recipe for success that night is sustainable, sort of run and gun. You know, the defense really struggled. I think that the rookies had a tough first game, rookie jitters or whatever it was. Um, but I, I don't know if it's sustainable, but damn. That first game was fun. Yeah, no doubt about it. You hit it uh, right on the nail there. It was fun. It was fun to watch. Uh, even Coach Q after the game, too. Uh, like I said, it wasn't uh, something you'd want to do every night. But, uh, you, you know, you take everything that's involved, the buildup, the new names, Kako, everything going on. It's the garden. Uh, people are pumped back and forth. And, you know, again, you're playing a great Winnipeg Jets team there, coached by Paul Maurice. And, uh, man, Blake Wheeler was just unreal out there. Troop is playing his former team. A lot of mixed emotions there as well, no doubt about it. Hank, you know, uh, getting this, uh, what was it, 15th or something like that, his uh, home opener or something, I believe he started. I, I don't know the exact number, but, you know, pretty close to it. But all in all, with all the craziness, all the fun, we pretty much got what we wanted as Ranger fans, number one, a win. Uh, but a couple of the new guys getting in on the score sheet as well. And, you know, Coach Q has, uh, you know, all these different weapons to kind of throw out there. It kind of bleeds over into into the Ottawa game, which we'll talk about, and then also into the uh, – We'll talk a little bit about some of their uh, press conferences yesterday uh, as far as where the team's at. And, and we have to step back, KD, because it is. It's, it's only two games. But, you know, we're, we're 2-0. The team looks good. It's exciting to watch. Um, and, you know, a lot's going on here in the last couple of days, and we are all trying to keep our sanity. But I guess that's a great thing. We're all pumped for uh, uh, the game coming up here on Saturday afternoon against Edmonton. be a lot of fun. But absolutely just a great start there. Um, any any other key things that stood out for you as far as, uh, you know, I mean, you know, how much can we really kind of dip around this game one and, and, and game two? But uh, at the Garden there the other night, anything else that kind of really stuck out? I, I got a real kick about all the stuff you were taking, the abuse you were taking on Twitter uh, with Stall and Strom stuff. But, you know, it's game one, buddy. Yeah, I mean, look, you can't take too much away from the first two games. Again, the first game was sloppy. The second game was against Ottawa, who was just terrible. I mean, it was good to see them sort of right the ship uh, against Ottawa. Quinn uh, made the right move. He sort of had no choice and and change up the defensive pairing, splitting up uh, Fox and Hayek, which was a smart move because they had, a, like I had mentioned, they had a tough game. Uh, turnovers. They were sort of stuck in their own zone, you know, throughout most of the game and. And uh, it seems like they were settled down again. Hayek with Truba um, and, and Fox with Shea. It seemed like the, the veterans sort of calmed uh, the rookies down the second game. It might have just been, you know, first game jitters and, and the second game. They were much calmer and, and sort of ready to go. So, I, you know, I thought that that was nice. And then it was the Zabenejad show. I mean, this guy was the, he had the hat trick. He had the even strength, the power play and the penalty kill goal. Um, and, and obviously that one goal, it was sort of like uh, – uh, ping pong ball goal where it was just sort of, uh, you know, from uh, Panarin to Buchnevich to Zvenich. It was it was nuts. I mean, I think I've watched that highlight like a hundred times already. So, I mean, I've had to since there's no game since then. But, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but, you know, it was good. It was good to see the team settle down a bit. I, You know, they're a little sort of first line heavy right now, I think, in the first two games where you're sort of getting everything from Zvenich. And Panarin, you're, you're going to need a lot more from the second line. Like I mentioned, Strom is struggling a little bit. You know, Kako, you like to see him going. Um, fourth line's been struggling a little bit. Anderson's been good, but, you know, it's tough when, you, when you're playing with, uh, you know, Brendan Smith and the Mexico, who got traded on that as well. Um, so, you know, they, they're going to need a little bit more from the rest of the line. You can't just um, rely on, on the first line. Um, for the entire season because it's just not going to work. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, then this is the thing we kind of have to kind of just be a little bit of a, um, you know, patient right here and just kind of take it all in. Um, but uh, the defensive pairings like we're talking about there, it's all looking good. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, you, you say Ottawa struggling team here, but we go into Ottawa and we do the right thing. I mean, the, the talk about the first line here a little bit, KD, uh, Zabanajad and Book and, and obviously uh, Panarin there looking good stuff. And, you know, uh, Mika goes in there, his old squad, puts up three three goals. Just a phenomenal game. He's got eight points here in two games. NHL uh, Player of the Week, all great stuff. 
Um, but that's just great to bounce back of, uh, you know, for the rest of the squad here. Seeing your top line doing such a great job, and it just kind of bleeds back all the way into the nets. Georgie Boy, as we call him now here on the t- <laughs> on the show, uh, had another great uh, – uh, he had a great look and a great game the other day too. But, hey, let's talk a little bit about uh, Mika here and Panarin Book and, and what do you see about him. Yeah, I mean, they have a lot of chemistry, obviously. I mean, again, on that goal, and that was the, that was the that Benajad made after that sort of pinball – Sort of goal. It was he sort of gave like the Shaquille O'Neal at the slam dunk contest, like gross face. <laughs> you know, it's like oh, you know, that was nasty. So it was. I mean, it was unbelievable. But you know, look, you're you're going to depend on your first line. You know, at some points during the season, when when you know the rest of the team doesn't have it, you look to that first line to 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 make plays and get the job done while while everybody is finding the, their game as that happens throughout the season. So. You know, so far so good with, with that line. Like I said, lots of chemistry. You know, I, if if I think I think especially Zabinijad and Panarin have been fantastic. You know, Buchnevich has been a little quiet other than that one goal where uh, look, that that's a, a fantastic pass. I was halfway to screaming at him. You know, <laughs> why isn't he shooting it? You know, before he made that pass back to Zabinijad. You know, and and maybe you know if he sort of doesn't start scoring a little bit on that line, maybe you'll see Kako. Uh, moved up uh, again because that second line is struggling a little bit and you know I don't think Quinn wants to see uh, Kako pressing a little bit that that's the worst thing that can happen for this young guy you know early on where where he's he starts to press so um, you know the first line has looked amazing Um, but again as I mentioned before we're going to need some other lines to step up as well. So let's talk about that a little. You know, what's your what's your take here on the second line? The rest of the the depth here on these uh, the other forwards we have. Um, we'll get into it a little bit later too about what Quinn was uh, saying in his press conference the other day. But uh, your general feeling uh, is it just um, usual? Uh, it's kind of it's kind of uncanny sometimes, KD. And, and again, I can't overstate two games, but. Um, you know, you, you want your top line going, and sometimes it just makes everything just better. Uh, we had a little help there, obviously, in game one with, uh, you know, Stahl and Truba getting in on the scoring, and obviously how I'm putting one in, so on and so forth. But, you know, you, you go into Ottawa there, and, you know, just seeing one guy get all the three goals there, and obviously Panarin comes back and gets the other one. You, you sometimes wonder, why, why isn't that happening? Why isn't that second line or that third line popping it in? Uh, let's take just the fact that it is against a team like Ottawa. What did you? Was there anything particular that you know you can think of that you know outside of just the norm? It's it's, it's game two, and we could just keep going on about speculation here. But what do you think you know about these extra lines here? And what do you what do you think um, some of your suggestions of what they may do, pal? Wow, suggestions! Uh, like I'm the expert over here. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, I I think that I think the problem, and, and like I said, I defended Strom last week, and I think. I think fans are way too hard on the guy. He is a solid NHLer, but if we're being honest, or I'm being honest, he's a bottom six NHLer. He's not a second line center, um, so I, he may be, you know, out of his element a little bit. Um, you know, he he, and I'm not gonna. He shouldn't be killed completely. I mean, he won seventy percent of his faceoffs and combined in both games. So you know, he's doing well. You know, in in the faceoff circle. And, uh, you know, and I know we don't want to get too much into sort of the, the, you know, possession stats and all that, but he did pretty well. I mean, possession-wise in the second game, he had a tough first game, I think. Um, and I, I just don't think the line is, is clicking right now. I don't think Kreider has been great either, so I, I don't want to put it all on Strom. But like you mentioned, it's only two games in, and it could just be, a, you know, we need, to, we need to play a little bit more together, which is why the schedule sort of stinks, it, you know, it, it they're, again, now they're going to go a week without playing together. Um, but I, I think Kako, despite not getting on the score sheet, has looked phenomenal. And he's so strong on the puck. Um, he seems like he always has the puck on his stick. Um, and, and, you know, you could just tell this kid is a player. Um, and it's just a matter of, I, I think, hopefully these guys gelling. Um, because I, I think from, and again, you said you're going to play some clips or, or give some quotes from Quinn later. I mean, from, from what you know, I'm hearing or we're hearing, you know, Strom is probably going to be there for a little while. I don't think that they're looking to change things right away. And uh, that's part of, like you mentioned, sort of being patient. I think that the team or the organization has decided they're go- they're, that they're going to be overly patient with their young players, whether it's keeping Hedl, 
and Kravtsov down in Hartford or keeping Anderson on the fourth line and, and Howden on the third line. I don't think they're in any rush to move these guys up uh, before they feel as though that they're ready. And that's frustrating as a fan. It's frustrating for me, and I've been saying uh, I love what the organization is doing and everything is they're great, but I, I'm getting frustrated. And, and if you want my sort of opinion on what they should be doing, I think Anderson should be bumped up to the second line. I think he deserves it. I think he's played hard. He played hard throughout training camp. I think he was phenomenal in the preseason games. And I think he's done very well with playing with, you know, like I mentioned before, Brendan Smith and the Mestikovs, um, players that really aren't doing much for him on the wing. Um, and I think he deserves it. Now, Quinn said um, the other day that he, that he thinks he needs to show more. And eh, look, maybe he does. He's seeing more as a coach than I am as just sort of the average Joe fan. But, you know, for me, I, I, I wouldn't mind seeing Anderson moved up. But, Again, two games in, you know, you don't want to get too crazy with it yet. Maybe just stick with a little continuity now with the lines and, and, and maybe a couple of weeks down the road if, if things haven't improved um, uh, with the second, third, and fourth line. You know, maybe you make a move. I mean, Quinn did make a little bit of a move. If you saw, um, he moved Lemieux up from the fourth line to the third line, which I like because I'm a huge Lemieux fan. And I think he, he could do more than just sort of be like a fourth-line grinder. I think he has offensive ability. And I like him with Howden. I think the two of them would look good together. And, yeah, you know, Foss, for me, I think he's more of a fourth-line guy. Um, but, you know, he, you could put him anywhere in the lineup, and he'll be responsible. So, yeah. Yeah, the key word there, KD, is patience. We talked about it last week, too. Everybody pop open a little jack and or white claw, <laughs> whatever it is. Because, uh, you know, it is kind of it is a quirky schedule, obviously. we got the matinee coming up here on Saturday, and then they have another four days off. But the meat grinder's coming, Kevin. Uh, you know, they got back-to-back games against Devils and the Caps, which would be fired-up games, rivalry, uh, Metro Division foes. And then they've got a five-game homestand with games coming up with the Canucks, the Yotes, um, and uh, the Bruins, the Sabres. And then uh, Shattenkirk comes in with the Bolts. So... You're going to get a, a whole bunch of games there in one shot, and, and that's huge, that homestand, too. So we're all kind of just kind of taking a little deep breath here, and we, we're, we're kind of picking and, you know, pointing on a couple things here in two games. But, you know, buckle up because we're going to get a lot of Rangers hockey here, um, you know, after these, uh, you know, these two weeks here the, with the games in between, and, and then we're going to see really what happens. So let's talk about you know some of the moves here that you know uh, obviously been done quietly but they made a trade the other day and uh we get uh you know Neskinov gets uh traded and what's what's your take on the deal there I butchered his name I'm sorry about it domestic but... domestic come on Paulie. Come so on. many Russians how about I, a couple more it's... Irish guys <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like you with me with uh Georgie boy we gotta go Nam- Nami boy McKegg, you know, like guys like that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, look, it, it's a trade they you knew they were going to make at some point this season. The Mestikov didn't have a future with this team. Um, you know, they needed cap space, obviously. They 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 did the Shattenkirk buyout over the summer, so they're going to have his his salary on on the books for the next couple of years. They have a, I, I think they have almost his entire salary on the on the books next year. So. You know, they get a, uh, the Shattenkirk. So, you know, they lose, uh, you know, 3.25 million cap space, um, you know, for Nemestikov, um, w- which is nice. It allows them to make uh, some, some roster moves uh, if they need to. So, you know, it, that's really what this is about. It o- also opens up some room for to bring, uh, you know, Hedl back up or Kravtsov back up and, or, you know, get my man McKegg. Back, back in that lineup or in the lineup for the first time this season, you know, which I'm super excited about to get him in there because I still you know, got I, time to get you that jersey. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, because, you know, Gordon had mentioned, and again, we may, we'll probably talk about it later, but, you know, that, that they're probably not going to bring, be bringing these guys up. So it's either going to be McKegg or Haley. And, Man, it better not be Haley. I, I still I can't <laughs> figure out why he's why why Haley's on, even on this roster. But um, you know, hopefully McKegg will be in there because again, I, I thought he was real impressive during uh, the preseason. So I, I'm looking forward to hopefully seeing him in the lineup on on Saturday. I think he will help. Amazingly enough, he will help with Anderson a little bit, get a little bit more sort of skill, you know, on the line out there, and someone who, who's going to grind a little bit more. 
um, which I think is Anderson's game. He's, he's a bit of a grinder, so so that's nice. But, you know, the trade was something that they needed to do. And the Mastikoff, like I said, no future with this team. It was going to happen at some point. I, I, apparently, they, you know, they were working on it all offseason. Um, you know, couldn't get anything done for whatever reason. Ottawa is looking for, for maybe some veterans over there as they're, they're rebuilding as well. Um, so yeah, yeah, I, I love the move. I think it's a win for the Rangers for nothing more than, than getting, opening up the cap space, get, getting some more room on the roster and, and, uh, let, let's go. Yeah, Namistikov, Namistikov. I don't have to worry about saying <laughs> it anymore, buddy. It's good stuff. Yeah, but, uh, 100%, that's the great thing there, the cap space. Uh, you know, uh, listening to, to Q and, and, and Gordon the other day in his, his press conference, uh, basically just very like, you know, they're, they have this ability now to do this, and they're, they're bragging a little bit about their depth and the opportunity to be able to kind of just move players a little bit, and they can kind of just do this in a confident kind of way. So uh, good luck to uh, that guy and his name and all that <laughs> stuff, <laughs> and we'll see what happens down the road. Obviously, uh, uh, the new guy comes down and goes down to Hartford and stuff, and we'll call him. And speaking of Hartford, KD, what's going on with your boy Kratzoff, man? Yeah, you know, <laughs> I and I'll okay. I want to say this. For, I want to say this. Take a sip of your white claw, buddy. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I'm gonna get into it now. Get ready. Now, I I think that what what craps off obviously. If if anybody doesn't know it, and, and it's amazing that they wouldn't know it by now, but he, obviously he was healthy scratched in the second game of of Harford's season. Um, and and to be honest, I I love it. I think that it's going back to what I, we were talking about last week with why Heedle was sent down. I think that they're fostering a a winning culture. They want to foster this winning culture within the organization that's brought about by dedication, hard work, commitment, accountability. I mean, that's huge for a young player to teach a young player, you know, about accountability early on. I mean, Paula, you have kids. I, I do. Kids. Yes. You allow your kid to get away with it once. Forget it. If you don't, if you don't just stop it cold in its tracks immediately, you know, the kid is on his iPad too much. If you don't slap that iPad out of his hand <laughs> immediately, he's going to be on that iPad all the time. So I think that's what, that's what the Rangers organization is doing with, with the kids at this point is that they want some accountability. They're showing these kids that it's not just about talent. It's about doing things the right way. Um, it's about coming to work every day, um, hard work, commitment. And, and as far as Kraftsoft goes, I, I, you know, I heard from a couple of the listeners who were saying they were at the game and it looked like he wasn't into the game. He was pouting out on the ice. And, and, I don't th- and, and then you saw a, a lot of Rangers fans overreacting. Oh, he's going to want to go back to the KHL. He already hates it here and he hates the Rangers. And, you know, Gordon is destroying the team and – you know, who who in Hartford's accountable for this? No, you know what it is? If you remember, Quinn was, during a press conference, during um, training camp, was mentioning how hard Krasov gets on himself when he misses a defensive assignment. He's back at the bench, and they have to calm him down because he gets so um, upset with himself. So I think that that's probably what happened. He was upset with himself that he got sent down to Hartford um, that he didn't think he did enough or whatever it was. And the team probably just gave him a mental game off. Like, look, get yourself together. Um, get yourself in the right frame of mind. We think, we think you're a talented player. You're going to be helping the, the big club before you know it. Um, take a deep breath and, and let's get back to playing hockey. So I don't think it was a real negative as far as Kraftsoft goes and why he was sitting. I don't think that he did anything wrong or he was sort of, uh, you know, taking the night off uh, or he was upset with the organization. I think he was upset with himself and which, which is great. I love to hear that, that, that this guy is, is so hard on himself and he, and he wants to be such a successful player for the Rangers. Um, I think it's great. And I think what, what the organization is doing is, is great as well. You know, letting these guys know, you know, it, it, it's, it's not acceptable to, to be taking a night off. Um, and that you got to be doing things the right way. So I, I think it's, you know, while initially I think a lot of Ranger fans thought it may be a, a negative thing, I look at it as a very positive thing for, for both him and the organization. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the Rangers are in a. Um, you can kind of sense. I, I sense it between Quinn and Gordon, and you know, JD coming in here is. Um, I'm, I'm sure this guy's more hands on, and as 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 fun as things have been here in the start, there's a definite seriousness about the organization here, and the the way these, the way Gordon and JD have have brought in guys like Truba and Panarin, and are paying these guys a ton of money. And I'm sure the message is going through here, uh, all the way down the roster and down into the uh, you know the Hartford squad, that there's no messing around here, um, and and then they're not going to have any issue with the uh, either sitting guys or sending guys back and forth to Hartford. If you want a spot on the big team, you're going to have to earn it. Obviously, we're learning from a guy like Quinn here, very early in his coaching career. Here, he's going to ride guys that he feels are going to uh, help the team. Um, you know, he's got a guy like Truba now. You know, uh, a couple of guys in the past, um, you know, who played for other coaches on this team as far as defensively and, and minutes and everything. But, you know, we alluded to it before. But Truba, and I've said this in our first couple of shows here, that guy is just going to be immensely uh, uh, an incredible effect on this organization long term because I, I think he's just a super leader and he just does it all out there. And that's something, you know. That really, you know, Quinn didn't have as far as, you know, his age group, uh, his age coming in here and, and, all, and all his skills that he has, his mobility, his toughness, uh, quarterback in the power play, all that stuff. And, and definitely, you know, better than a guy like Shattenkirk. I hate to say it. Like I said, a good guy came in here. He had great runs with uh, teams that he played with in the past. But Trubers our guy right now. Panarin is our guy right now. Uh, Mika is just flourishing here. You know, we can talk a little bit about some of the leadership here. And, and you know, they, they didn't uh, pick a captain. Uh, there's, you know, chit-chat here and there that they still might name a captain here during the season. But you got to love what's going on. And those three guys, Mika and Panarin and Truba, and you got Hank back there. Uh, there's no messing around. And uh, this is just a different situation for this team to be in right now, and especially a guy like Quinn and Gorton. And having JD back there, it's their franchise now. They're running it, and it's going to be a little different. And I think, obviously, down the road, it's going to be uh, it's going to pay dividends uh, for this organization because let's get it straight: these guys want to win badly, and you know JD you, was. You know what I love about Truba and Panarin also is how excited they are to be here. Like they well, they're are, loaded, I mean, KD. Well, oh, they're come loaded. On. No, <laughs> I think well that. That is, I mean, that helps. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, but if you see you see Panarin on on Twitter having fun with Ranger fans and just and just really how excited they they've been on the ice and 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 after they scored, I mean, Trouba was so pumped after his goal. Panarin is jumping around out there like a little kid. I, I just love that. I mean, you saw it, and besides them. You saw after the Howden goal um, to give the Rangers the the lead in the third period, Lemieux went like into the into the crowd of players after they scored, and he's literally screamed in like every one of his line mates' face, like "Let's go!" It was awesome. I, I was I was ready to like run through the wall, like <laughs> in my living room, you know, watching that. So I, I'm just excited. I feel like this team is is you know. They understand what's going on. They're excited to be here. They're on board with the rebuild. You know, they they can see sort of the end of the, you know, the light at the end of the tunnel there, where it's going to lead. And and uh, I, I'm so fired up. And it, because it seems though the players are so fired up, man, it, it, it's fantastic. Buddy, I'm just picturing you running through your house. Can you still <laughs> run at your age? Is that possible? <laughs> I got like a cane that, you know, assists me. But, you know, it's all right. <laughs> You still got the lacrosse stick down in the basement, buddy? <laughs> Popping the ball right. off the That's wall. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, everybody, you are tuned in to Go Rangers Radio. We are live right now. Uh, check out the Spreaker. Uh, obviously, you're you're on the Spreaker feed right now, and, and all the archives were up everywhere, iTunes and everything else. Uh, really appreciate everybody tuning in, uh, enjoying the show. Me and Katie getting started here. Again, it's kind of weird. We only got, you know, two games to talk about, and uh, we got to wait a couple more days for next week. We're going to get to the show next week, Katie. We'll only have three games games to really talk about we're gonna have to make some stuff up maybe go we'll talk about the old days what do you think 
Yeah, I mean, we, yeah, we may have to start talking about, uh, you know, how, how we became Ranger fans or so, something ridiculous. We have to make up something to fill time because, uh, you know, we're running out of stuff. I don't even know what we're going to talk about for the rest of this show at this point. Well, I know. Well, look, we're going to take a quick <laughs> break. We're going to uh, wet the whistle. We'll pop open another drink here. We'll be right back. You all listen to Go Rangers Radio right here on the Go Hockey Media Radio Network. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll be right back. If you bleed red, white, and Rangers blue... Hail the king, follow the bread man, and know how to spell Capocaco. Then tune in to Go Rangers Radio. Join your hosts, Kevin DeLurie and Paul Cuthbert, every week for their take on the New York Rangers. Live and archive shows are available at GoRangersRadio.com. If you're social, follow at GoRangersRadio on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Go Rangers Radio, where the New York Rangers are always the talk of the town. Got any questions for Polly and Kevin? Tag us at Go Rangers Radio on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And now, slower than a Ron Duguay forecheck, faster than a John Agrodnick line change, and unable to guarantee anything like Mark Messier. Here's DeLury and Cuthbert. Yeah, baby. Welcome back. Go Rangers Radio. Official episode number two. The Brian Leach episode. Thanks so much for tuning in. We're just running through uh, as much as we can here with two games to talk about. But uh, lots of good stuff. Hey, KD, I want to do something a little new with you. Maybe we'll, we'll try this every week. And, and just to let everybody know, especially the fans and stuff, we're going to get everybody involved here Um Probably, you know, into into November. We, we want at least, you know, 10 games to kind of roll in here start, before we start bringing in guests and, and getting uh, you guys to do some call-ins and everything else because it's just going to have – we'll have so much more to talk about. You know, the team will obviously be adjusting a little more whether, you know, hopefully there's no injuries, but these guys will be, uh, you know, have a bunch of games. We've got a couple, you know, big matchups coming up, and, and, and the medal is going to be tested, no doubt about it. So um, until then – uh, just hang in there with us, all right? So and we're going to mix this show up, and we're going to have a lot of fun this year, and we're really excited about it. So that's that's what we're doing. So what I want to do tonight, KD, is let's uh, a little something, uh, what they said, and I'm going uh, to say what they said, KD, and I, w- I just want to get your feedback on it here a little bit, and we'll go from there. So uh, Coach Quinn and, Co- uh, and GM Gordon did their press conferences yesterday, and again, they were, they were kind of funny to both kind of watch because – Again, the same thing. You know, they're stuck there. They're, all they can do is really practice and, and, and kind of just let the guys run around a little bit. And, yeah, we won two games, and a couple things are good and a couple things are bad. But, uh, you know, they got to wait until, uh, you know, we get into uh, playing Edmonton on, uh, on, uh, on Saturday. So, uh, you know, Coach Q was talking about the, um, the deal. And, again, he kind of alluded to the fact that, you know, they've got, they've got good depth and it was a good move. Uh, he also said there's not going to be any call-ups. So, uh, you know, a little take on that in terms of do you think there should be any or, uh, you know, is that uh, something that you kind of wish he would kind of move a little bit? I know we were talking about the roster a little bit there, but just in terms of uh, Coach Q's uh, mindset right now. Yeah, no, I mean, I I don't anticipate, to be honest, and and this is just my my thoughts on it, I don't think we'll see Heedle or Kraftsoff until at least Thanksgiving. I think they want to give them some time to sort of – uh, figure things out down there, whatever it may be mentally, physically, um, and 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 get a little confidence going again. And and you know, again, we we talked about Kraftsoft before being real hard on himself, so maybe he lost a little confidence being sent down there. And you know, they want to make sure that uh, you know he's feeling good, and when he comes up, he, he's he's at his best. Um, the same thing with Heedle, um, that he he is uh, you know uh, doing the right things and playing the right way. So. You know, I don't think that they want to rush anybody back. Back, and and you discussed it before when you when you said patience. And you know, I don't know if you caught it before the uh, the Ranger Ottawa game, but they did have JD on before the game, and and that was the that was his theme was patience and how he has to remember to be patient um, with, with a rebuild, and that's the biggest thing he learned during his time in in St. Louis and then in Columbus is patience. So I, I think that they are going to be abundantly patient with everything that they're doing with these youngsters. So I don't see, uh, and Qu- like you said, Quinn alluded to it, I don't see them being sort of reactionary to, to anything that's going on with the Rangers record if they sort of go into a tailspin or they see that the second line isn't producing right now. 
with Strom. I, I don't think that they're going to look at that. I don't think they're going to make any short-term moves. It's all long-term with this team. They're not going to think see what's going on now, how it's affecting the team this week, and, and change what they want to do long-term. So I don't think you're going to see um, Hedl and Kraftsoff back for a little while. We'll have to send them some We Miss You cards uh, when we get a chance there. November uh, Thanksgiving's a little while away, man. I'll be, you know, I'll be thinking about that on Thanksgiving dinner and see if they're up, you know. Katie's hey, predictions. We could, we, could, we could set up a podcast road trip and go see a game up there or something. <laughs> Sounds good. All right, he was asked about uh, if he liked Kako's game and, um, you know, this uh, whether this helps or hinders him, uh, the, uh, the only the two games and the practices in between. But uh, he said, uh, you know, he feels that, the you know, it's, it's good for him. Uh, and he does like his game, and I wanted to get your take in terms of uh, you know what you've seen and as far as what Coach Q is saying. Yeah, I mean, I I I love what I've seen from Kako. I, he hasn't scored yet, like I said, but it's more than just scoring. It's it's getting a comfort level in the NHL with his linemen, and and as we mentioned before, you know there really hasn't been that much of a, of a comfort level with that line yet. Uh, but he has been outstanding on the puck. He's been making plays, and uh, you know, despite not having a playmaking center in Strom or a, or a true sort of second line center with him, I think he's been able to succeed. And you're really seeing, you know, the skills and and mindset that that made him um, the second overall pick um, in this year's draft. So uh, I see a bright future. There's nothing that I'm seeing is, you know, it's not like you, you see him out there like ugh. You know, it's not he's not living up to the hype or he won't live up to the hype. I mean, you see the skill sets there. He he just looks like a man out there. I mean, he's a teenager. Uh, I did not look like that when I was his age. You still don't look like that, Katie. <laughs> that is true. That is true. I told you I get the man, uh, the dad bod going on. over here. It's, it's awful. But I mean, the guy is he's like just thick and. And he could he could battle with with anyone in the league. You know, he, he's going up against men every night, and and he can handle himself. So, um, you know, two games in, he's going to have uh, you know, knock on wood, he had a, a tremendous NHL career, um, and 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 you could just you could see it. Yeah, one of the fun things we get to watch here as Ranger fans is that guy coming in here and uh, and seeing him progress. Uh, as long as we start playing hockey again. Uh, another <laughs> thing that came up, uh, uh, you know, uh, a couple of news stories here, but uh, he was asked about uh, Kreider's leadership uh, as far as where he's been uh, on this team the last couple of years and where he fits into this squad right now. Uh, you know, me and you kind of went back and forth a little bit. You were talking about maybe Kreider being a, a you know, potential captain and, I disagreed with you, but, uh, you know, what, what do you think about uh, Kreider? Yeah, I think, he, you know, he's, he's a long-tenured Ranger. Um, I think he has a bit of that sort of fiery attitude, uh, which I like. And I, I mentioned what I like to see in, in a captain. And, I, and, and, again, as I was sort of doing a little bit of research, and, yes, Paulie, I do actually some research before we do, we, before we do the show. Um, what do you use, Wikipedia, baby? <laughs> I was I was on the Rangers uh, website, and and the main story that they have, the first story on their website, is about Kreider's leadership qualities. So you know, I don't know if they're setting up to be naming him captain um, or what, but there's a huge article on the Rangers website about you know leadership is right in Kreider's kitchen. So. Yep. Um, you know, I don't know if that's just a coincidence or what, but, uh, I think he's somebody that the team, even if they don't give him the C, I mean, I think that they'll always lean on him for, for, uh, you know, leadership qualities and, and, and you need that. You need somebody who's been there. Like I said, it's good to have the mix. I love the mix of this team. I love that you have some of the old guard in Kreider, uh, Stahl and, and Lundqvist. And then you have the new guys coming in, the new veterans and Truba and Panarin and um and obviously Zabinjan who's been here and then you have the young guys I, I really do enjoy the mix and and you know look with Kreider and, and maybe a reason they won't name him captain is I don't even know if he's going to last the season on this team with you know with him in the final year of his of his contract and and who knows what what he's going to be looking for I mean you know the Flyers signed Hayes to a seven-year deal so you got you have to figure Kreider's looking for something in that seven-year range as well. Um, and and I, if I'm the Rangers, I, and I know we're sort of getting into something else here, but 
Um, if I'm the Rangers, there is no way I'm giving Kreider seven years. You know, if he wants to go down to five or you know, ideally three, which would be amazing, I, I would love to have him around. At, at, I at give that him, term. I give him two, and taste stay, <laughs> stay out of the goddamn penalty box and be happy about it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, the Rangers can't saddle themselves with another, you know, seven-year deal. They already have Panarin and Truba with, with that. You know, Kreider is now, and I, I can't believe he's only, like, in his late 20s, which is amazing to me. I feel like he's been around the team for, like, 30 years. But, um, you know, I, I, I don't think a long-term con- contract with him is the way to go. And, look, they may look to move him. I mean, look, when you're able to move on from McDonough and Zuccarello and some of these other great Rangers, you know, there's no reason to think that Kreider, um, they would have any problem trading Kreider as well. And, uh, you know, at the deadline and look, they got a they got a number one pick for Hayes. You figure you can get one uh, for Kreider and probably a, a, a nice prospect as well. So, you know, we're still in a rebuild. And, uh, you know, the and like I had mentioned what J.D. was saying with patience and, and, and the rebuild. So Kreider may be someone who's gone. So that may be a reason why you haven't seen him with the C yet either. Yeah, and he's got another bad thing going for him, too. I don't think the Rangers have ever given the C to a guy with a goatee, all right? Kreider's <laughs> got a bad one. Shave that thing, brother. <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't He wouldn't get a job in the Yankees with that thing. No, no. We don't want him on the Yanks. We're stacked with talent on the Yanks. We're all good there, buddy. All right, let's get into a subject here, too. Uh, one of your favorite ones, uh, Coach Queen, was asked about Leas Anderson's ice time, buddy. He said he, uh, he's been playing well. Uh, and if he keeps playing well, he'll earn more time. He's averaging about 10 minutes a game there, and he thinks that's pretty good for him. He alluded to something that, you know, some guys, certain amount of time is good for some guys, and certain amount of time is, uh, you know, uh, different for other guys. So let's let's get uh, your KD. You've been going on about this a little bit on Twitter a little bit, and uh, let's talk about your boy Anderson here and and, and as, as, as far as what Coach Quinn is saying there. Yeah, I was a little confused by what he was saying it seemed as though he was a little bit down on Anderson's play and you know I I don't know I I I don't know if I'm watching a a different game than he is or or whatnot and I don't want to come down on Quinn he sees these guys every day of practice so you know what do I know but I I think he's been playing hard again he's sort of been going along with that sort of winning culture mentality that the Rangers have been sort of that mantra that the Rangers have been sort of putting out there so uh, you know, he came to training camp in, in great shape and he's been playing hard and he's been successful on the ice. And, you know, you, you like to see a little bit of a reward there. And, you know, I uh, Quinn did have a little mea culpa after the first game saying, you know, I didn't get him enough ice. I sort of lost him on the bench there when he only played eight minutes the first game and I'll definitely get him more ice in the next game. And he did. He was over 10 minutes in the second game. So, you know, definitely trending in in the right direction. And, you know, I get it. And like I mentioned, they're being overly, overtly patient with these guys. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to get and you're going to get and fans are going to get frustrated with it. But, you know, they have the they have the long term goals in their head. They're thinking long term. They're not thinking short term. And you have to remember that when uh, and I have to remember that when I'm ready to sort of smash my computer that, you know, they're, they're going with Strom again. And the second line hasn't scored a point <laughs> in like five games. I have to remember it's it's. <laughs> It's not about this year. Um, it's about the long term. It's making sure that Anderson is in a position to succeed and is learning the right way to play and how to play. And the same thing with Howden and Heedle and Kraftsoff and, and the young guys on defense, which I think was a big a big reason why you saw Hayek and Fox move. You don't want those guys to lose confidence, um, you know, uh, where they're having a tough time early on and 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 that move really settled them down. But to go back to Anderson, you know, it's tough to criticize what they're doing and thinking long term. It's it, it's it's frustrating as a fan, like I mentioned, but, you know, I do get it. Yes, and we've talked about it here in the beginning. Good problems to have. And as far as Strong, buddy, just focus on his face-off percentage, man. He's, he's doing good, man. It's, it's, See? it's all good. It's a very, very important part of the game. All right, last thing with uh, what uh, what they said, Coach Quinn section here, and we're going to move on to uh, GM Gorton here in a second. Uh, he was talking about uh, Buchnevit. He was asked about um, how he's kind of uh, rounding out as a player right now. Coach Q had said uh, he seems to be just maturing well. Uh, he's growing into his role, and he's, he's putting more um, stock into being a more rounded player and more than just a scorer. Uh, and I think that's uh, pretty much bang on. 
And to see him between Panarin and and Mika like that, uh, you know, that maturity was huge. That line is clicking. They're having fun together. But talk about book, baby. Yeah, I mean, I think that that quote goes with everything we've been saying that they've been doing with the young players. They're seeing uh, Bushnev is, you know, progress into a a well-rounded player where maybe he wasn't doing all the uh, the off ice stuff to get him in good shape, or you know, uh, doing the right things off the ice and and practicing his his defense where it was all about offense. They see him, uh, you know, developing into this this well-rounded player. And, uh, you know, putting him on that first line, he's going to get every opportunity to put up points, um, score goals, become a playmaker. And, you know, like we, we've mentioned that that one goal, which, you know, will be a highlight forever. Um, you know, he does have just, you know, off the chart skill set, um, playmaking ability. So, you know, if he's be able to, you know, play in both ends uh, responsibly, responsibly, um, you know, he'll get a ton of ice time. He'll stave off Capo Caco getting on the first line uh, <laughs> because, you know, look, he, uh, Caco is definitely breathing down his neck. He, he, if there's someone coming off that first line, Buchnevich, so, you know, he's got to show Quinn that, uh, you know, maybe when he's not scoring, he's going to be responsible on the defensive end. And, and right now, you know, he's doing all the right thing. It's great. He, he's a guy, you know, similar to sort of fan outrage at, at, at Hugh going down. There was a lot of sort of, Outrage at, at how you know AV was handling Bushnevich and you know him on the fourth line, some healthy scratches, uh, that kind of thing. But look at him now; he's 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 really turned it around. He's developing into a you know a, a top, or hopefully going to develop into a top player in this league. And I, I think the organization sees how it, it it sort of worked out with him, and they're hoping it works with with all these other youngsters. Absolutely. Good stuff. All right, we'll uh, move over here to the uh, second part of uh, what they said. We'll break this down a little bit because Gorton also, uh, GM Gorton also touched on a couple of things we already covered with uh, Coach Q. Um, you know, just getting back to the uh, the Mystikoff trade, again, he pretty much was playing straight with everybody saying it was pretty much a cap move. Um, and again, he, they were trying to work on this in the summer with the Senators, so this was kind of in the works. Uh, so no real surprise, and they all pretty f- feel pretty good about it. And again, he talked about the depth of the team right now, and that was pretty much why he, uh, they, they kind of pulled the move, and they're pretty happy about it. Um, so they, he was also asked what he what he liked about the team so far through two games, and again, only two games. But uh, he did point out that he loved the power play, and he, thought, he felt the team got better from game one to game two, and he was also um, impressed with the goaltend. And that's the one thing we haven't touched on here uh, which has been uh, Hank and uh, Georgie Boy, Georgiev in game two. So um, your take on the power play there, KD, um, the game, the team obviously improving a little bit one way or the other into uh, game two, obviously not letting up as many goals, and that leaves into the goaltending. So what do you think about uh, Gordon's uh, thoughts on those couple of things? Yeah, I think the the specialty teams is something that, that is not being talked about enough in the first two games. They were three for five on the power play in the first two games. I mean, that's outrageous. I mean, I remember back in the day with the Rangers, I mean, they would go full playoffs, the entire playoffs without scoring a playoff goal. I mean, a power play goal, I think. I mean, it used to be horrific. I, I think throughout my, you know, Ranger fandom, um, the power play has always been the Achilles heel, you know, of this team of this organization and year after year, they can't figure it out. And for them to be three for five um, in the first uh, two games is unbelievable. And, and just to see the puck movement, you know, with Panarin, with Zabinijad, with Buchanan, with Truba, I mean, it, it's amazing to watch. It's fun. It's exciting. It's, it's everything you would, you would hopeful hope for from the power play. Um, and, and, you know, I, I really like the second power play as well. I know we touched on that. Um, in the last podcast where they put Lemieux out there in front of the net, it's sort of the Kreider role um, on the second power play. Um, so I, I'm real excited, um, you know, with, with this talent and the skill level, um, you know, and, and obviously Capo Caco is on the second power play as well. Um, and then, you know, and Gordon didn't mention it, but then the penalty kill, the penalty nine for 10, they only allowed one power play goal and they also chipped a shorthanded goal. Um, so the specialty teams were huge. I mean, they had four specialty team goals, you know, in the first two games. That's huge. I mean, to be able to have that kind of success um, on the specialty teams this this early um, is, is a good sign for the rest of the season. So um, and, and 
I got to give credit. Stall is on the is on the PK. <laughs> you know, I've killed him a little bit, so we'll, we'll give him a little bit of credit there. Smith as well. I mean, the reason that Brendan Smith is around is because how good he is on the PK. And it's been working. Um, they've had a lot of success on the PK. Um, you have Anderson out there as well, who's working hard and fast and Sabinajad. So, um, you know, I'm real excited with what's going on, on with the specialty teams. Yeah, and you know what? In today's game, with especially in the beginning of the season and pretty much throughout most of the uh, the regular season, and, and we are seeing it more in the playoffs, but there's a lot of penalties getting called. And this is going to be huge uh, for the Rangers here if that you know power play just continues to smash and dash like they have here in the first two games. And again, obviously uh, special teams and killing penalties is going to be huge. But this power play could pay dividends. It's, 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 it's again, two games here. But, and when they get into the better defensive teams coming up here, um, you know, in a couple of weeks, you know, the Devils and the Caps and obviously playing, uh, you know, those kind of teams and, 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 and seeing how that ends up. And, and some better goaltending, too. There's no doubt about it as well. So there's all these things that are going to happen. But, yeah, the power play is definitely exciting. And, and hopefully, like I said, these guys just keep clicking and again, these second and third lines will kind of just keep uh, finding their way. And uh, I think it, it, it's all again, it's all good stuff to kind of look forward to. So that's great stuff and great touch there on on the uh, the special teams there, KD. Um, he just also alluded to the fact that uh, Gordon also alluded to you know he likes the way Cap's been uh, Kako's been looking as well. He's confident. He thinks it's only just going to be a matter of time. And again, uh, getting back to the trade there, he was just saying uh, no call ups and stuff. So uh, basically, back and forth, pretty much similar stuff there from uh, Coach Quinn. And GM Gordon, so that's uh, that's pretty cool stuff there, uh, KD. A little uh, what they said, and we'll see what we do here down the road. We, like I said, we need more games and more things to talk about. So I, I thought that was a little uh, a good take there for us to kind of jump around a little and, and and hear what the big guys, uh, you know, behind the bench and behind the desk are saying. Good job, Paulie. That was a good segment. Thank you, pal. All right, buddy. Look, <laughs> let me ask you something uh, real quick. Uh, we're winding down here. These episodes always go so quick. Having a great time. And once again, thanks, everybody, for tuning in here. Uh, let's talk about uh, Hank really quick and, and George, you have here for the first two games and just what you saw from them real quick. Yeah, I, I thought Lundqvist, uh, he's going to be relied on to make a lot of saves this year. Um, the, the defense is probably going to be the Achilles heel of this team um, because they are young. Um, you know, I, I think Stahl is still a question mark. Shea is still finding his game. Uh, he's on again, off again. Um, and I, I think there's going to be a lot. Of, I think you're going to see more games like the Winnipeg game. And, and Lundqvist was, was up to the task in the first game. He, the, the third goal was a bad goal and, and one he'd probably like to have back. But after that, he was unbelievable. I mean, he, the, the Rangers could have easily lost that. They could have given up eight goals that game if he, if he wasn't on his game. And then uh, Georgiev sort of picking up uh, from where he was last year, real solid in goal. You know, Ottawa really isn't sort of a, a powerhouse team, but he made some some real solid saves. I remember he made that one post-to-post save, um, which was really showed his athleticism there. Um, and and uh, you know him, if he can continue to play like that, he'll he'll be split in time 50-50 with Lundqvist. I think in the beginning of the year, maybe Lundqvist will get more of the load. But if Georgia continues to play like that, I mean, it's, it should be a 50-50 split, or it could be, um, which is like like sort of the theme of our podcast. It's a good problem to have um, <laughs> when, uh, you know, you have goaltending of that caliber. And the Rangers, look, the Rangers have always had good goaltending, whether you go back to, you know, Jockerman and J.D. and Van Viesbrook and Richter. Um, the Eddie you know, Mio, now, hold on now, the, the Eddie Mio days were kind of tough there. <laughs> and and now uh you know yeah look we went into we had a little bit of problem in between Richter and Lundqvist too when we had like Guy Bear in and Kirk McLean and 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 that nightmare but um but you know Kevin Weeks baby bring back K- <laughs> yeah, that's right. KW that's right. yeah that's right um so um and and now on to Lundqvist and and whether you know he's going to be passing the mantle to Georgiev or Shashurkin um you know I think either guy is is ready to take that mantle and run with it so you know, I, I, goaltending to me, you know, is the least of this this team and this organization's problem. Yeah, and uh, you know, I, I think Hank's going to want a lot of play, man. I, I mean, you just know, <laughs> you know, his winning spirit. But I, I love Georgie Boy too. And like I said, the, there's a meat grinder coming up here with the games coming up at the end of the month, and uh, we will sit back and and we will see what's going on. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's uh, it's always our favorite part of the show as we we start winding down here and wrapping up. Uh, Go Rangers Radio here on a, on, a, on a Wednesday night. All right, pal. What or who 
What? Listen to me. What? Who <laughs> is Kevin DeLore's man crush of the week? I'm going to go in a different direction. I'm going to do my anti-man crush of the oh, week. Oh, I didn't see that coming. And I'm going to go with the guy who is handling the cable on opening night announcements when Leia Sanderson <laughs> tripped over the cable. What? What is that guy doing? You lay the cable out in front of where the players are skating out during the introduction. There's no lights on. <laughs> they don't see anything. And, 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 you know, it's funny to joke now because nothing happened to him. He could have hurt himself. I mean, he could have pulled a hamstring or something. Listen what to you. What is that guy thinking? I mean, seriously, what is that guy thinking? I mean, I hope he was fired. He should have been fired. You got cold. Hold on Maybe a second. Maybe as a family, he should have been fired. But wow. I mean, are you kidding me? This, this is your Superman crush for Elias Anderson. That's all this is. You're president <laughs> of his fan club. If that hadn't been Howden or anybody else, you wouldn't have gave a crap about it. <laughs> I mean, they couldn't have put the, the cable out when Stahl skated out. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Come on, buddy. Oh, man. They, they're anti-mix, so we got to find out who's laying down the cable. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Find that guy. Find that guy. Yeah, you know what? He's our first guest. <laughs> Book him. <laughs> uh, give man. him a piece of my mind. Who the hell do I call to get that guy? Probably <laughs> probably a union guy. There'll be all kinds of that's restrictions right. and right. a certain time. And uh, Oh, my God. The anti-man crush. Good stuff, KD. Didn't expect that. And uh, I got to agree with you. You know, that poor kid, you know, there's a moment. You're coming out, Madison Square Garden, and uh, but he, he chalked it up pretty good, man. So uh, I, I mean, you know what's funny is that you're always going to remember that. Yep. That's like whenever you see Leah Anderson, you're going to think of that first. I mean, unless he scores like the game-winning overtime goal in Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Finals, that's what's going to come to your head every time you think of Leah Anderson is him tripping over that goddamn cable. <laughs> Poor kid, man. Seriously. Yep. It's well, and, and today's social media, it's everywhere, man. It was up on, uh, it was up everywhere within seconds of it happening, man. It's just, but that's... Did you, the one picture is amazing with him in like midair and his flow <laughs> is just going. It's, it's, it is hysterical, but what are they thinking? Uh, I don't know. Poor Elias. Hey, buddy, I got a quick question, man. You, um, you kind of worried about the Islanders there? That game last Who? night? Uh, yeah. What? I mean... <laughs> No, actually, to be honest, and this is going to be uh, sacrilege or whatever you want to call it, I always root for the Islanders to play well because I think that the Islander-Ranger rivalry is so much better when both teams are doing well. When one team is terrible and the other team is doing well, they both stink. You know, it just isn't good. So I do root for the Islanders to, to play well because I think it, it heightens the rivalry. I think a lot of young Ranger fans have never really seen the heyday of the Ranger Islander rivalry, the sort of 1980s, early 1990s, you know, 70s. I wasn't around in the 70s, but, you know, that rivalry is, is should be the best in sports. I mean, you talk to most young Ranger fans, they hate the Devils more. They hate the Penguins or the Flyers. You know, they don't have that hatred towards the Islanders that the two of us have, you know, growing up um, in the 80s and 90s where, where it was just a, a blood sport every time that they played. I mean, bench clearing brawls and and, uh, you know, the pot fan and, and uh, you know, that kind of stuff. It, it's uh, it, it's crazy that that these guys don't understand that rivalry and the hatred. I mean, I. I I hate I hate the Islanders. I mean, it's just the hatred towards them. Um, but you know, you just don't see that this with the younger Ranger. They just haven't seen it. The Islanders have been terrible. And then actually, now that they've gotten a little bit better, the Rangers have slid. Um, so you know, I, I I would love to see both teams, you know, get a a playoff. You know, now that you have this sort of divisional play, the way they have the playoffs set up, where you're in your division first. And, uh, you know, we haven't gotten them together yet. I'm hope, you know, hoping maybe the next couple of years we can get them, uh, you know, in a playoff round together to get that sort of juice going in that rivalry. Yeah, no. And, I, that's, I, my, and that's my thoughts on the Islanders. Yeah, <laughs> it's also frustrating, too, man, because, um, you know, they don't play until January. Is that right? I didn't notice that. Yeah. I didn't realize that. And, you know, by that time, let's say, you know, 
let's let's hope that both teams are playing well. Obviously, us doing a little better. But for argument's sake, if if one team is like really dropped in the standings and not playing well, that's not going to help it out. Because you know what happens when Long Island, unfortunately, they don't win, they don't come out. So we'll see what happens, buddy. But hey, Rangers are two and zero. Edmonton on Saturday. Another break, and we'll be back here next Wednesday. KD, man, have a great night. Finish up those white claws, all right? Don't waste them. (laughs) The mango, baby, mango. Mango, baby. Thanks so much for listening to Go Rangers Radio. Spread the word, everybody. Let's go, Rangers. See you next week.